All right, John, it has been a weird, weird week. Yeah. More so on your end than my end. Well, yeah, I know. It's been and a weird day on my end, though. Well, yeah, it's been a weird day, too. Um, our listeners here, uh, I don't know the, the best way to say this, um, and, you know, this is this is not so much a tribute or anything like that, but um, my father, uh, and I'm Keith of uh, Wheeling Radio here, of course, and my father passed away this last week, and the circumstances were a little bit, a little bit odd, um, and they actually kind of gave us some some material for this show. So um, it, we we promise this isn't going to be too sombering or anything like that. Uh, it's going to be a little interesting, and and you know some human interest stories here. But uh, you think you're prepared for this, John? You think we can do this? Because you know my dad pretty so. well too. Yeah, I think we can get it. All right, let's do this. It's time to hit the trail, lock in those hubs, and throw it into low range. Because you are listening to Wheel It with Keith and Johnny Orange. Broadcasting from the Thin Line Off-Road Studio. They're here to talk about 4x4s, trucks, and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up. Here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. All right. Uh, so, like I said, I'm, I'm Keith Codet of Thin Line Off-Road, and my father, Alan Codet, um, passed away quite unexpectedly here um, this last uh, Sunday, which was the day right after Wheels in the Woods. And... You know, you saw him out at Wheels in the Woods uh, mm-hmm. briefly. So did I. Um, at this point, uh, we know that uh, there was no foul play expected. We we had originally heard that he had been carjacked, and that you know he had you know carjacking gone wrong. But we now know that it was not the case, and he was actually walking to his car when he suffered what we believe at this point we don't have the medical report back but we believe a massive heart attack and just dropped right there um seemingly painlessly um he was almost 77 years old he's going to be 77 next week and um the unfortunate and weird part of his death and the reason we thought it was a carjacking gone bad is uh and we found this out from some security cam footage was a few moments later um a uh, uh, what appears to be a, like a homeless person or something like that steals his wallet, and then uh, a couple minutes later, uh, somebody takes his car and his keys. And his car has now been recovered in Detroit, mm. and uh, we were able to get the, get the car back. You went with me today. I really appreciate that, John. Oh, not a problem. Um, that was, that was a, as you know that was a two day process getting that car back. Yeah. Uh, it was <laughs> a lot it was an of interesting trip. Yeah, it was. Um, so you know, we, you and I talked a lot about it on mm-hmm. this on this run and and going to get in Dad's car, and you know we were talking about today's podcast, and of course a lot of people were like, oh well, you know, take a week off or this or that. But um, if you knew my father, he was the type of guy where he was always like, let's you know, he was always like, life goes on, you know, yeah. something bad happens, but you got to you got to muddle through, you got to keep going, yeah. you got to keep going with it. Honor so, and remember, but keep going. Exactly. Um, and my dad was a. A uh, heck of a businessman. He had a whole conglomerate of businesses. He had, um, well, 
ABC Home and Commercial Services, mm-hmm. Thumbprint News, and the History of the Christmas Tree Walk, Fox Fire Farm, also Fox Fire Fixins. Yeah. Um, a lot of his businesses were sponsors for like Wheels in the Woods. Mm-hmm. But what a lot of people don't know was he was a, and I guess we can almost call this Museum News because, yeah. or Museum Minutes. A little bit, yeah. Um, in, uh, you know, the museum is housed in a building that he owns. Mm. He, he used to have a different business in it. He used to have a feed and seed in it that he closed down a number of years ago. And it sat mostly vacant, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ended up, uh, donating that space to the museum so we could get the museum started. He was a big believer. He's not a four by four guy. He was never a wheeler, uh, nothing like that, mm-hmm. but he loved the idea of what we were doing. Oh, huge supporter. Not not just the Mora, but the the podcast as well, I know. Yeah, oh yeah, he loved the idea of this podcast. He didn't even know yeah. what a podcast was till he started doing <laughs> this. And then he wanted to do one himself after mm-hmm. he found out what we were doing. And I and I am sad that we're, you know, never gonna get him on the podcast. At least if we do, it's gonna be, you know, old video or yeah. or something like that, or old audio from something he did, because he did do a lot of media things himself in the yeah. past. Um but uh he was he had donated that space. Him and my mother, they own they own the mm-hmm. uh, the building together, and they donated that space. So, the museum, it, it's very easy for me to say that we would not have been opened as quickly as we were with the museum. Oh, for sure. If he wouldn't have donated that space to yeah. us, um, and, and we're going to continue to be in that space. My my mother has said, you know, she's totally cool with us being there for now, and. Um, the museum, of course, eventually is going to be looking for a permanent home because it is a smaller building, but yeah. we're going to be looking for a bigger building in the future. But it works for now. Yeah, yeah, it works for now. Absolutely. And so he, um, you know, he was basically, in a way, he was a founding member of the Mora. Oh, without a doubt. You know, so. Absolutely. And, um, you know, him and his, him and my mom had bought a life. My mom is the one who paid for it, and it's her name. But the lifetime members of the museum in the oh, beginning, cool. the Trail Leaders Club and all that, uh, that's in her name. But, you know, they were like, hey, we want to support this way. So, mm-hmm. um, and as you know, with with Wheels in the Woods, and, oh, even, uh, you know, even going back, last year we did that fundraiser event. Oh, yeah. At... Uh, Foxfire Fixins. Yeah, that was a long couple of days. <laughs> yeah, well, we did. I the, was only there the one day. But. They did a couple fundraiser events. He did the yeah. one where they had the dinner. Oh yeah, they Forgot donated. About that one. Yeah, they donated twenty percent of all food sales that night to the museum, which was really the money that we needed to um, hire the attorneys and whatnot in the beginning yeah. to do all the paperwork for the five hundred one c three. All, all the fun technical lawyer stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean that cost us over a thousand dollars, and yeah. and they were they basically raised that money for us. Yeah, huge, huge. You know, help so without it out. So that was that was huge, and then um, you know, additionally, we did an ice cream social event down there where they donated one hundred percent of the proceeds. We just used the the store the business there, and we went down and we used an old nineteen twenty Fairbanks Morse hit and miss engine. That is an interesting machine, <laughs> and that sits in the museum. That's yeah. it. Yep. Um, you that know, actually, seriously cool. It, it sits in the museum, and people wonder sometimes when they go through the museum, why do we have this old Fairbanks Morse hit and miss engine down there? And there's a sign on it, and it explains that Fairbanks Morse um, purchased. Uh, you know, and, and actually, right now, just because of the fogginess of everything going on this week, I forget the name of the original company, but they purchased the first company that had produced a gasoline engine huh. for sale anywhere in the world. And this company 
um, was a very fledgling company, and they only made a couple of them. Fairbanks Morse prior to that was making steam engines and things like that. Nice. They saw they saw the gasoline engine as being the way of the future. They purchased this fledgling company and then immediately put them into production. And so Fairbanks Morse made the first publicly available gasoline engine. I think it was something like 1883 or something oh, wow. like that. It was way back. Yeah, before cars were a thing. I, I knew nothing about that part of it. You'll have to read the sign on yeah, it sometime. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Fairbanks Morse is still in business today. They make engines for, like, ships. They make some of the lar- largest engines in the world, yeah. Hmm. I was unaware of that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, th- this is you know this is my dad. He's a really cool dude. He, he Like I said, he oh, wasn't a wheeler. Um, I'll tell some stories about him in the future, maybe even later in this episode. We'll see. But uh, John and I got talking about rigs and vehicles and even in this case, you know, he was driving a 96 Chevy Tahoe, um, older vehicle. It was pre-OnStar. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we got talking about security for vehicles. Mm. And we got thinking about, like, okay, well, a lot of these wheelers, they have Jeeps and built rigs and things like that. What are they doing to protect not only their valuables in oh, the Jeep yeah. or other rig, and what else are they doing to protect the vehicle? Sorry, I had a little bit of burp nah, there. It's okay. <laughs> um, what else are they doing to protect their vehicles, their investment, their hobby yeah. vehicles from being stolen? Now, because they can be stolen anywhere. And I, yeah. I know people that have had rigs up north in rural towns, middle of nowhere, that have been stolen. Oh, geez. You know, it, it's, it's always been a concern of mine, of course, with the Wrangler, with the soft top on it, is how am I going to secure everything in here? I mean, with the doors off, with the top off, flathead screwdriver gets you in almost everything lockable in that unfortunately i, I know that's the case i've known people yeah. that have had people take razor knives and things to tops oh, yeah. just to get inside of a I've, jeep i've too. been very fortunate so far and I, I hope to continue to be of course but <laughs> yeah yeah so okay yeah, so th- that's a good question have you done any sort of security upgrades to the uh the wrangler not really i should i mean, I mean it's a manual trans so what's that, like eight, only 18% of the population can drive that anyway? <laughs> so it's got the millennial theft <laughs> yeah, device. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's, I love that you brought that up because I was going to bring that up, oh, but yeah. uh, the, the old millennial theft yeah. device. Um, and then, like with Project Excursion and your and your Wrangler, which is a diesel, mm-hmm. both of them have glow plugs. Yeah. <laughs> and um, in you know summertime, usually they'll fire up no problem. But wintertime, if you got up and got into one of those <laughs> and you tried to just start it immediately, just start cranking. Oh, yeah, it, it, it won't. You'll, you'll burn the cables out. Yeah, you need to have the... I, I've had to hit the glow plugs two or three times before to get it just to even think about starting. So, so just about probably the safest vehicle without any additional security items to have uh, to be stolen is <laughs> cold a... Cold-weather diesel. Yeah, is a cold-weather <laughs> diesel manual transmission. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I, I like it. Um, so... You know, in, in my case with with Dad here, we wouldn't have believed for a little over twenty four hours that foul play was going on if we would have known. Um, okay, so let's start. Let's start there. If the vehicle would have had something such as OnStar or mm-hmm. some sort of modern device, what devices are you aware of, John, that somebody can put into a vehicle to track the vehicle? Because if we would have known where that vehicle was, it probably would have been able to be recovered much sooner than it was, and we would have had more answers to what was going on. So, I mean, of course, the old school Lojack. And I, I know that's still Is that still a company, of, Lojack? 
As far as I'm aware, yeah. I okay. know the producer Andrew's nodding over yeah, there. Yeah. Okay. We tried to get him to talk on this episode, but he he shut us down. Well, we're like, hey, this is his thing. It's technology <laughs> stuff, which I don't know a ton about. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk some of the old school security things, but yeah. you so low so Jack is the big one. Of course, OnStar, like you mentioned. Okay. I believe Ford has their own too, don't they? That, that's where I was going. You connect, I, I think. Yeah. There's there's a couple other companies that make modules similar to the the OnStar systems that plug in. Uh, like a lot of the modules are a replacement rear view mirror that you power in and you're good to go. Uh, there's that. And you know, something else that, and here's the irony of this. My dad owns this fleet of vehicles through mm-hmm. uh, his pest control company. And he has in all of his fleet vehicles, he has TomTom GPSs. Yeah. These are commercial grade TomTom GPSs mm-hmm. that look like any other GPS you would have, but they're constantly pinging back the location of the vehicle. Yeah, there's a number of modules like that. Like a prior place of employment, uh, I, I'll hold off on the name because it's, it's a pretty big chain. Arby's? No. <laughs> oh, okay. But similar color to in, the, in the logo. Oh, okay. An auto parts place. Oh, we'll just okay. Call it all, right, all right. And they since since I left, they now have trackers in the vehicles. Just plugs into your OBD scanner port, and it reports all of that information back to the company. Yeah, and that was something when he first got those. I wasn't even aware they had that technology, yeah. at least available at a smaller scale for very reasonable prices. Yeah, there, there's a lot of insurance companies that have them. Plugs in, and it you're based on your stopping and your acceleration. Helps to lower your insurance rates and stuff, mm-hmm. but that that's another form, you know, another way to track it. Well, you know, what's funny about those is when he first got those, and he had those for a long time. I was working for him back in the day when he first got those, mm-hmm. and I'm driving down the road one day, and it was probably three or four months after we had gotten them in the vehicle, and I get a call from the um, basically the guy who ran all of the uh, the scheduling in the in the shop there, mm-hmm. and he calls me up and he's like, "Slow down," and I and I says. <laughs> slow down what do you what do you mean slow down and he says i'm looking at the computer right now and you are doing 62 and a 50 (laughs) and i says what how do you know that (laughs) you know and he's like that gps on your dashboard now mind you i i knew they tracked the location but i didn't know they did the speed and all that too awesome and he's like yeah you're doing 12 over and a 50 and he goes you're coming up to an area where there's some schools and stuff and i said (laughs) okay oh yep good all right i'll slow down you know and um that's funny and so i knew that you know they they do that um his vehicles still have those in them and years years ago um, what's, what's kind of weird is his guys were sitting outside a, uh, like a party store or whatever. And somebody reached in and stole one of those GPS units ah. and it took about two months to recover it because they kept turning it on and off. <laughs> but eventually the police, uh, went up to the door of somebody's house and they're like, Hey, uh, yeah. And it was still on That's and they're awesome. like, you know, this doesn't belong to you. And of course the guy's like, Oh, I bought it on Craigslist or something like that. You right. know, exactly. And, um, we got it back, but they're a couple hundred That's dollars. Funny. They're oh, not, yeah. they're not thousands of dollars. No, you, you can get a lot of relatively cheap stuff like that. Yeah. And a lot of phones or a lot of vehicles will have an integrated phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course it's an extra monthly service, Yeah. but you can track them through that if your phone's paired to it. But, of course, that provides the phone still in the vehicle. Yeah. And that, that presents its own set of challenges, too, of course, as, as you know. It does. So so I guess the next the next set of security that we would maybe talk about, unless you have anything else for the tracking aspect of things. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. I, I think we've 
glossed over most of those. Okay, and there's just different options. People could look at that. Oh, and I'm, see. I'm sure there's tons of stuff we're not aware of either. Yeah, I, well, basically what I'm saying is just even a few years ago, I oh, wasn't yeah. aware that an old vehicle, you could put something in to show the location of it still. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. you know, you don't have to go buy a brand new vehicle with OnStar or Uconnect or no, anything you can, like that. Any, any vehicle in existence, you can buy an OnStar module to put in it now. Oh, it's an actual OnStar from GM? Yeah, it, it's it's no longer, it, it's licensed outside of GM-only vehicles. Really? So you can, I don't remember where, but I, I've seen them. I know you can purchase them. You probably get it on Amazon or eBay even. Uh-huh. It's just, it replaces your rear view mirror. You, you have a couple wires to wire in, and boom, you got OnStar. Plus Weird. whatever monthly subscription thing they do. I'm, I'm not familiar enough with the system to know that. Okay. But yeah, you can, you can get. You know, an OnStar module for your, you know, 38 Ford Roadster or whatever. Huh. You know, any custom they built. Stopped, like, they stopped making the Roadster for Fords in 37. All right, a 37. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think I'd know that, did you? I, I don't know. I was just pulling a number out. <laughs> <laughs> last year for no, the 37 like or the Roadster. Ed even could get one for that sand rail we talked about last week. Yeah. If he yeah. really wanted to. That'd be cool. That'd yeah. be cool. I mean, you can, you can get those for anything, which is cool not only from a safety feature, but all the features and benefits that OnStar does offer. It's very cool. Okay. Yeah, that that is really neat to be able to have that. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, I guess, as a second level of security, something that I became familiar with years ago. Now, for a rig that you're only using, like, out in the woods or, or something like that, um, something as simple as an underhood battery disconnect. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's, that's pretty big to, yeah. to have. But there are other systems that you can buy, and I've had a couple of vehicles years ago with this mm-hmm. that had, like, you basically ran a battery cable from the battery up under the dashboard, and you had a, a toggle-type key that you mm-hmm. could remove that would then kill the battery. But then you could you would still – had a, a you could do wires to the other side of it so you could still keep, like, say, the memory in your radio. Yeah. But it would kill the, uh, the ignition wires, the, the ignition wires and yeah. everything. I'm a friend of our family's bought a used truck like that. And it, it took him, he got it home, mm-hmm. took him about a week to figure out what was going on with it. He finally called the guy. After a lot of laughter, he explained, well, you got to flip this switch under the dash, pop open the, the cigar lighter box, the ashtray, and there's a push button you have to push while you're turning the key. Okay. So it, it had multiple fail-safes to prevent All theft. Right. Well, you know, I've got something on one of my antique cars, mm-hmm. and it's not really, was never designed to be a fail-safe, but... Um, it has a uh, older uh, V8 engine with an HEI distributor on oh, it, nice. and the original wow. wire, the original wiring of the car, um, for whatever reason, I think it was too small of a gauge or, or whatever. I, it's been so many years since I did this, but it couldn't handle going through the regular ignition without rewiring everything. Hmm. So I have a toggle switch under the dashboard that only goes to the ignition. So if you turn the <laughs> key, so if you add the keys, it'll crank and crank and crank and crank. It mm-hmm. won't do anything until you put a toggle switch. I like that. And so a, a simple ignition for a gasoline engine, ignition toggle switch helps. Oh, yeah, for sure. But um, there's a few other options that you can do to do that, but basically some sort of ignition kill. Yeah. It, in the case of a diesel, a, a shutoff valve switch. True. Those are the, those are well. That's, yeah. I, I, so I think we've covered those pretty good. When we come back, let's talk about some of more of like the cargo security things that you can do for Sounds a vehicle. Good. All right. See you in a bit. Hey, it sounds like it's time to swap out that old engine for something better, John. Yeah, man, but I have so much into my trans and transfer case set up already. I don't want to change those two. 
Sounds like you need to call Quick Draw Brand Adapters. They specialize in conversion bell housings for nearly all diesel and gasoline engines, including the new 2.8R Cummins. You know, I like weird engines, though. I want something different. Then you definitely need to visit quickdrawbrand.com today. They have those hard-to-find parts. They also have used diesel engines available. You can call them at 513-446-9654. Cool, I'll do that. See what they have. Thanks. Okay, so before the uh, break, we were talking about various ignition kill devices, and uh, then during the break, producer Andrew brought up a couple of points. And so before we move on to some of the security and storage things that we said we were going to talk about, which we will get to that, uh, there were some other things. And uh, John, he was saying something about how some vehicles, like credit building places, will have something that will kill your ignition if you don't make your payment and things like that? Yeah. So basically, like the example we were given, if you miss a payment, you know, say Tuesday, your payment's due, you miss it. Wednesday, they activate the device. It prevents you from starting your vehicle. Okay. Well, you know, they have um, that technology as well through OnStar and Uconnect yeah. and some of the other ones where it can kill the ignition. So in, in our case, uh, like with Dad, we knew the vehicle uh, had been taken potentially down to Ohio and back. We don't mm-hmm. know for sure. But... We could have called the police and said, if we had something in there like that, we could have said, kill, yeah. the, kill the ignition. Boom. Click. Absolutely. Now, does that mean we would have cut the caught the perpetrators? Maybe not. They would have just got out and ran away. But at the same point, you know, it would have stopped the vehicle. Yeah. Um, so, you know, ignition kill devices that can also be operated wirelessly, not such a bad thing. And I think there's things, I've actually read there's things you can do through an app on your phone where you don't have to call the police to do it. If it's your own vehicle, you can kill your own ignition, but it would have to be... I uh, could see it, but I'm, I'm not familiar with that at all. Yeah, I remember reading something about it, but I, yeah. I don't remember for sure. Well, with how electronically connected all these cars are nowadays, I, I could see it. Yeah, but. and there was something else. Wasn't there something else we were talking about with the ignitions? Uh, just in general, ignition kill switches. Okay. You know, yeah. again, like the hidden switch, you, you turn this on, now you can start it kind of thing. Okay. Um, before we get into talking about the, um, you know, more of the storage type things that we were talking about, uh, we do need to get into our, basically our wheel and news section that oh, we right, do. Right. And, um, you know, I guess let's just start it off. Project XJ updates. What do you got going on with that? Well, I'm, I'm just about done under the hood. So I, I ran into an issue with some uh, counterfeit injectors that I... Unintentionally I ordered. I was not happy. Yeah, I'll say that politely. Now, was was the indicator when they came in a Hello Kitty box? <laughs> uh, it was the packaging was a big indicator. They're, they're supposed to be remanufactured. It came in a box that implied they were new, high performance, mm-hmm. which prompted some Google searching. Turns out the brand name on that box is a known counterfeiter. Did they spell performance wrong? No, no, oh. no. It's just. <laughs> All right. When I'm ordering used injectors, I don't expect to see high-performance injectors on a box. Yeah, well, you got, and, can't be ordering your injectors for your Jeep off a of Wish. No, no, no. <laughs> Nothing like that. Oh, okay. So the, the biggest giveaway, and something to look, so they're Bosch fuel injectors. Uh-huh. All Bosch injectors, right by one of the two part numbers on there, have a, a little embossed icon okay. to prove they're genuine. These did not have that. Uh. <laughs> so I contacted the seller. Thankfully, you know, everything worked out. I got the refund. They sent me a label to send them back. Okay. I have since ordered the correct ones, which were genuine. Different seller. Different seller. Good deal. Yep. Five bucks more. 
Yeah. Whoop de do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so got those installed. I've got everything but the the brake master cylinder in, which I'm gonna do when I do the brake lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did get the coolant jug in. Had to remove the vacuum can, which looked so nice where it was, but I mean, it made it look a lot better this way. Okay. But, yeah, everything under the hood is done now. Sweet. So yeah, I'm just I have to decide which grill to use. All right. Which which maybe that's a question I can ask everybody if they'd like to put input out on this. Uh, respond on four x four talk on Facebook. I'm debating between using the early style grill, so like the the ninety one to ninety six or the ninety seven up. I think you need to run either one of those angry grills or one of the <laughs> uh, the the faces that would change it over to like uh, the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. <laughs> If somebody were to supply that kit, I'd probably just do it because it'd be hilarious. All right. I don't think they make the angry grill for the Cherokees, though. So, but I'll, I'll look. I'll see what I can find. So, Elson 4x4 Talk, um, we you know, we had last week, we had that awesome episode um, where we did the all the interviews. Which, which, again, huge thank you and shout out to producer Andrew for all the countless hours of editing on that one. Oh, my God. It sounded Fantastic so awesome, job, didn't sir. it? Thank you. Yeah, yeah I just incredible. listened to it. So I was listening last night in the garage and... Awesome episode. Really, really. I like didn't that. even. I didn't even think it was us. <laughs> yeah, no. You and your interviewing skills, John, are, are fantastic. Oh, we need to have you do thank more you. of those. I'm for it. So, we definitely need to do that. Um, at Wheels in the Woods, um, I think we we had mentioned we kind of glossed over some of our sponsors and what they do and what they did for us. Um, as was mentioned before, Thumbprint News, ABC Home and Commercial Services, and. Uh, the Fox Fire Fixins restaurant are all owned by uh, my folks, um, mm. Alan, Diane, Kodat. They uh, own all of those. Uh, as well as the property we, we hosted the event as on. As well as the property that we hosted yep. the event on. Um, so big supporters there. We you know Thumbprint News is a Michigan thumb paper that is free. You can also pay to have it delivered out of the area if you'd like by mail. Um, it covers local history and things like that. A lot of local city and county news. Yeah, absolutely. A lot, a lot of cool informative articles too. I, I know you've written for it, and I, I've read it a few times. Different articles in there, and there's just there's some cool stuff in there. It is. Uh, ABC Home and Commercial Services. They've got a, a whole group of of businesses under that, or, oh, or yeah. at least divisions. They have pest Huge control and companies. porta potties, which they donated to Wheels in the Woods. Uh, which was awesome. A uh, number of different things, uh, septic. Uh, you know, it just it goes on all sorts mm-hmm. of different things there. And then they have, of course, Fox Fire Fixins Restaurant, which is kind of that local redneck barbecue <laughs> type of restaurant. You've eaten there, I've eaten there. Yeah. You know, good food. And they they actually did a special menu for us at Wheels in the Woods that we could order from, which oh, was awesome. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. And they delivered it out to us. Yeah, Dad actually that was even cooler. Dad did the second delivery, which was yep. really cool. You know, I think that was the last time you saw him. It was. I he was leaving and I, I waved goodbye. So it was. Yeah, well, you know, he he was yeah. he walked around and saw his people, and that was I it. At least got to see him. Um, actually, at the museum, the second, uh, so the next day, Sunday, um, and it's only be a couple hours before his passing. He called me up at the museum, which is pretty rare. Mm-hmm. He calls me up and he says, uh, "Hey, um, you know, I'm I'm going by the restaurant right now. Would you like me to bring you breakfast?" And I said, "Yeah." I said, "You know, I was actually been craving their biscuits and gravy, which are like one of my favorite breakfast things they do there. <laughs> Just I'll awesome. Try that out sometime. Oh, they're so good, man. I'm a sucker for that breakfast burrito. Oh, that is pretty good too. <laughs> so, uh, and producer Andrews is nodding down <laughs> there too. 
Um, so, you know, he calls me up and he says, yeah, I'll do that. So he comes down and my dad and I have always had a great relationship, but you know, nine times out of 10, our, our, our conversations, we end up arguing about politics or, <laughs> or business or something like that. And that's just what we do or those type of guys. Yeah. But, um, he came down and he was just telling me about all his dreams about the Christmas walk and the Christmas walk event, which I want to cover more in a future episode a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, he was telling me about all that, and then he was just like, here's your breakfast, and we were eating breakfast together. He checked out the new Willies at the museum, and then nice. took, which he loved, and, and then he took off, and that was the last time I saw him. So it was mm. kind of cool to to have that last moment, yeah. you know. Um, you know, so it was neat. But, you know, moving on from Dad, moving on from his businesses, yeah, we also so had, we had... a few other sponsors. Yeah, of <laughs> course. We had Quick Draw Brand, who mm-hmm. donated the uh, Cummins Bell housing. Yep. That thing, um, Ed... Ed one which yep. was on the last episode that was great. Oh yeah, uh, and, and he'll he'll do something cool with it. I know that for sure. I'm really quick. Quick draw. You know, we've talked about them enough that I don't need to go through their whole product line right now. But I we would, did a whole episode and interview on with uh, Chad of there. Yeah, we did. We so did. If that's something anyone would like to learn more about, it's I don't remember the episode, episode. eleven. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, go back and listen to that. Oh yeah. He um, go to their website quickdrawbrand.com. Mm-hmm. and um, he's on Facebook too. Yeah, lots and lots of cool products on there. Oh, yeah. Uh, we also had MSC Floors and MSC Electrical, which are, the, are two different companies under the same header. So they're both mm-hmm. MSC, Michigan Specialty Coatings. I know. They sponsored a few of the prizes for us, too, which were awesome. Yeah, they did. Uh, they had a, Yet, a couple Yeti mugs. Mm-hmm. Um, they um, had donated some some things to the, you know, the raffle. They had done... Um, you know, just some some various cool things for the event. Oh yeah, uh, MSC, which you may not know, um, when MSC was starting up, and this is I don't know, ten years, maybe fifteen years ago, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost before I knew you. <laughs> one of the first jobs that they had was to go into the what is now the museum building because it used hmm. to be a fiberglass plant, and it had these big mounds of fiberglass everywhere. And they brought in their floor grinding machines and ground it all because there was like two foot mounds of fiberglass and they chipped it out and ground it out. And they were in there for like two days doing this. And uh, so, yeah, MSC has actually been in the museum before and they did a great job grinding those floors. I mean, it looks like just clean concrete now. Yeah. And I never would have guessed. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I'll have to show you. Dad had the picture somewhere back at the shop. I'll show you sometime. It It was crazy, man. I believe it. Um, so MSC, they do, I, I've seen also the coatings that they do. Um, I, I hope I'm allowed to say this, um, but of another museum. If not, we'll edit it out. Yeah, <laughs> another museum that I believe they did a lot of work for was the, the Henry Ford Museum. Oh, cool. And um, they did just fantastic work there. We, through the museum, we know who is running the Henry Ford Museum, the gentleman over there. And um, he said, we talked to him a while ago, and he said it was just beautiful. It was great work. Nice. So I haven't been do, there since a grade school field trip. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I but here's, here's, what you have to, here's what you have to keep in mind about, um, you know, a company like this, you hear the words museum quality. Yeah. Museums demand the highest level of quality workmanship when they put their museums together. Yeah. MSC does museum quality work. That's awesome. And so, you know, if you're a business, they, they don't do a lot of residential because the cost can be a little expensive to do a yeah. small small area. But if you are a business and you're looking for 
museum quality flooring coatings, you definitely need to call MSC. Yeah. And then they, they now have their electrical division as well. I'm not as familiar with the electrical division, mm-hmm. but I'm going to tell you right now, by looking at the quality of the floor work they do, yeah. I'm going to believe that their electrical is just the top quality as well. I wonder how much they charge me to hook up 220 in my basement. <laughs> I don't. I'll run it. I you can talk to producer Andrew. Maybe he can you know get a favor we'll, we'll or something. We'll yeah, there you go. Or somebody, you know. Um, but yeah, it was... Uh, just a you know is great that they sponsored the event absolutely um we also had um the roots beauty bar is that what it's called or yeah roots i believe so yeah um i keep saying roots beauty salon but it's roots beauty bar out of st Clair, michigan and um Wait, so they do hair and have a bar i don't know we need to find this out i have no hair how would i know this you're right. You Don't have worry. hair, though. We need to figure this out, John. Maybe I need to <laughs> yeah, grow hair. Most of those places kick me out. <laughs> um, so they I were jam scissors. They I'm were sure. actually our very first sponsor for our raffle. I did not know that. Very cool. Um, they are the ones that kind of. I mean, beyond producer Andrew saying we needed to do a raffle, our our um, they had approached us and said, "Hey, you know, you know, your event sounds really cool. You're doing this family stuff, and uh, her name's Lindsay that owns it." And she said, we would love to be involved in your raffle. And I said, well, we don't have a raffle. And she says, well, you need to have a raffle. <laughs> and she says, well, I'd like to donate a Yeti cooler. So a $200 Yeti cooler, she donated for that. Very cool. Um, I know a couple ladies that have gone up there. I don't know a lot about them. Obviously, I am a shaved head bald dude. <laughs> so I can't you speak. You are not their target market. <laughs> I am not their target market. No, not at all. Unless but, you, for some reason, have an obscene amount of back hair or something. <laughs> I do. I don't think they want to see that, though. I explained the Yeti part. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, But, uh, yeah, so Roots Beauty Bar was another one of our sponsors, um, and I just really appreciate what they did. I... I think we just I think we covered all the sponsors, didn't we? Uh Mr. Codet's hardware store. Oh, I know he was oh, on the list. Oh my god. How can I forget <laughs> um my own brother? Um sibling so, rivalry. I, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um Codet's true value hardware. Now you recognize the name. My name's Keith Codet as well. And of course, Mr. Jeff Codet is my brother, and he just lost his father as well. But um Mr. Jeff Codet owns um the true value hardware in Livonia, Michigan in uh, Williamston, Michigan, and in Fowlerville, Michigan. Now, he has these hardware stores that he has there are your good old-fashioned hardware store, and it's not like your big box stores. You go in, and you know you can find that stuff pretty quickly, pretty easily. He specializes in in paint, and he also specializes cool. in a lot of fasteners and things like that. And his prices a lot are, of paint tinting. Yeah, oh yeah. And Excellent. when I went in... I was so impressed. I think it was the Williamson location the first time when I went in there, and I'm looking at his wall of stainless hardware, like stainless automotive hardware, and I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at the prices, and like his prices were somewhat cheaper than I was even finding online and stuff. Really? And the same thing on some of his power tools. Like he had Porter Cable and some other brands. Mm -hmm. Um, Codette's True Value Hardware, you know, my brother there, he just... He he really has a lot of that now. Now Jeff is is an ex firefighter himself and ex police officer, 
and he's a big supporter of first responders. Yeah. And he knows that, you know, we kind of are as well, and he loves community event type of things. And when he found out we were doing Wheels in the Woods, um, he said, well, hey, he goes, uh, you know, let me um, help buy a bunch of the uh, the awards and things like that. So cool. he cool. paid for a bunch of the awards and the plaques, um, actually pretty much covered the cost of it. MSC did as well. Mm-hmm. In fact, I can, I can say that honestly that – MSC and Kodat's True Value pretty much split down the middle, and they paid for all the awards for That's the awesome. event. We didn't have to pay out of pocket at all from the museum. That's awesome. Huge help. So, um, you know, brother Jeff, absolutely love what you did. Thank you so much. Yeah, really. I'm going to be probably visiting one of your locations one of these you days. You're going to drive over someday. In fact, I'm totally for I, it, but let I, me get some money in the bank first. I think <laughs> it's his Fowlerville location has like an 1890 hand crank elevator. Dude, it is so fun sweet. to go up and down. Um, you and I got to go over there. It's so cool I'm to see. I'm so for it. Yeah, it's, they're the old building with like the the wood floors, and then you go up. Oh, it's like I a rope that. elevator. So awesome. Um, uh, am I missing any sponsors? One. One. The most important sponsor. You. Us. Us. Oh, we're wheeling. <laughs> we don't count. <laughs> yeah, um, we did not get. Wheeling does not have any money. Um, I wish we had money, but we sponsored time and labor. We and put a lot of time and labor into it. So again, we're, we're kind of part of the board, so I don't think it really counts. Yeah, you know, you got to know who but. we are. So, but um, so that was it. So, uh, you know, four by four news. That was a long segment there, but we wanted to cover those sponsors. We wanted to give a huge shout out to yeah. all of them. Um, I know that, that that ended up going a little bit longer than it probably should have. But, but we, uh, we paid fair due to all those who helped us out with it. And so honestly, a huge the, thank you and shout out to all of you guys. Thank you so much, really. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, these are not huge corporate sponsors. These are all small mom and pop operations. Yeah. And I believe in shopping local, and Absolutely. I believe in shopping with these these places that are not huge corporations. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with huge corporations, but these small local places it that do... Keeps the community alive. Yeah, top quality work. Yeah. Um, if you live in southeast Michigan, um, I believe, and, and producer Andrew can kind of nod at me, I believe MSC at least uh, travels at least to several state regions, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio... Uh, five or six states. So if you're cool. in, if you're in kind of like the, I guess the northern Michigan, uh, north Midwest area, and you're and you're a commercial, uh, you know, you need to talk to MSC. Um, Kodat's True Value, obviously local. The other ones are local, but uh, Wheeling, yeah. we're worldwide. I just heard we're Andrew was reading off the countries to us. And oh yeah, I don't know how many countries we're in. Something like uh, 18, 15, I don't know. A so, lot. A lot. He's over there just like. <laughs> a lot more than we realized. A lot more than we realized. Um, in fact, okay, real quick on that before we go to break, I did hear that we have like five or six listeners in Afghanistan, which nice. I'm going to bet are probably service members. I, I hope so. And if, if you guys are listening, give us a shout out. If you can. Yeah. And, you know, let us know with what information you can, you know, where you are, what you, you know, what, what going on and we'll give you guys a shout out i don't think show. they can give us too much information no, no, about nothing them. nothing like that but let us know you know what where you're from you know what platoon or whatever yeah 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 absolutely. I, I apologize i don't know all the proper which, terminology, which branch of the military but, yeah yeah let us know oh for sure um speaking of shout outs let's do that before we go to break oh, one yeah. last thing we have we have a ten dollar patreon sponsor um our first patreon sponsor that is at that level excellent and you had the name for me uh, Mr. Patrick Rowe. Patrick Rowe. So, Patrick Rowe, um, thank you so much yes, for being a, you, a sponsor. You're 
Um, essentially, your donation, I guess, is what you would call it, or your sponsorship through Patreon is going to help us to continue the show through equipment upgrades and things like that. So we really, really appreciate what you're doing. Yes, thank you, sir. So, um, John, let's take a quick break. and we come back, I promise we are going to talk about <laughs> some storage uh, solutions and some security for your rig. Sounds good to me. Have you heard the good news? Now there's a local paper that people just can't seem to get enough of. It's the Thumbprint News. The Thumbprint News is free and full of interesting stories that focus on what's important in our lives. Stories that touch on this area's rich history, unique places, and the diverse cultures and people. You'll be in the know when you read the Thumbprint News. Go to thumbprintnews.com and read the paper online for free today. Welcome back to Wheelin' with Keith and Jenny Orange. Uh, today we have been talking about vehicle security systems, among other things. And I know at this point we're going to talk about securing valuables in your vehicle. Yeah, that's right, John. Um, so uh, I guess one of the first things for Jeep guys, and weirdly yeah. enough, um, in in my Toyota Land Cruiser, and I'll explain to you the, the, the background of this one in a minute, but... Um, the open top Jeeps and open top <laughs> Land Cruisers and Suzuki Samurais, yeah, a lot of times are very susceptible to yes. theft of items that are inside the vehicle. Now, we're not talking theft of the vehicle, we kind of already covered um, yeah. some ignition killing devices. Oh, I let me mention one more thing so we can fit wrap that up. Mm. I don't remember the brand or the name, and there might be more than one, but I thought it was pretty cool. I saw this at a, a hot rod car show years ago. Mm-hmm. There is a device that you can buy that every time you you um, take the key out, uh, not the key and the ignition of your vehicle, but this other key that was like tied into this device. Ah, it's called a dongle. Okay. <laughs> That's the word. Weirdo. Um <laughs> It would... Um, okay, it's in a little electronic device? Something like that. Yeah. I think it was just a lock. I yeah. think it was just a key. But um, it would lock hy- hydraulically your brake system. Oh, All that's interesting. All four wheels and tires. Huh. So what would happen is if somebody managed to get... And it, it, was, it was a double lock thing, so it did kill the ignition too. But if somebody managed to hotwire the engine, mm-hmm. the vehicle wouldn't go anywhere. Nice. I, I, I know one all-popular anti-theft device we've been forgetting about before we actually get to, you know, valuables in the vehicle. Okay. And I can't believe we've forgotten about it till now. What's that? The club. Oh, my God, John. <laughs> <laughs> They're still around. I Again, know. prior-named auto parts company I used to work for. Do they unnamed. still sell those things? They still sell them, and all of the parts delivery vehicles are locked up with one every night. You know, I had one years ago, mm. and I used one, kind of. Mm-hmm. I bought one at a garage sale that was missing the key. Why? I punched <laughs> the for like a dollar or two. Oh, okay. I punched the lock out of it, and I could slide it up and down, and I, I would take it in my truck when I went down to Detroit mm-hmm. uh, for school because I went to Wayne State. Oh, well, And I would just slide it up. And so like it. if you looked in the window, the club yeah. was on it, but nobody knew that they really <laughs> didn't have a key I for like it. it. So, I mean, you could just physically hand, but... That's genius. It was just... <laughs> uh, it. It, it just took... Yeah. An, and, and actually, that same vehicle, that, that I had a Ford Ranger pickup truck I was driving that I would put it in, um, twice they broke into it with a crowbar by crowing. Huh. It's like, why didn't you just smash the window, man? Like, yeah. but to twice it must have been the same thief. They crowbarred the driver's side door open. And the second time <laughs> they messed it up so bad, I had to replace the door. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, it's like, oh my oh, yeah. god. So, anyways, yeah. um, back to consoles and stuff. Yeah. So, we're talking, we got all these different consoles. Um, 
it's not just one brand. There's a lot of different ones. There's Rugged Ridge. There's uh, Tuffy is probably the biggest name when it comes to lockable, secure storage in a vehicle. Tuffy, yeah. And then none of these are sponsors. But no, no. You can buy these metal box lockable consoles that mm-hmm. will replace your factory console, or if you don't even have a console, it'll put one in it. Yeah, there, there's some very cool and unique designs with those for sure. I've I've thought a few times about getting them. Now I got one. Um, I have a. It's not a Tuffy, I don't think. I think it's a Rugged Ridge. But a Tuffy would work, too. And I'm going to tell you why. I discovered something, and I don't I, I, I don't want to give myself all the credit to discover here because I think I read somebody online that had said, I did some measurement, and I think this will work, but they mm-hmm. hadn't tried it yet, so I decided to take the gamble and see if it would work. A Tuffy slash Rugged Ridge security console for a Jeep YJ Wrangler. Mm-hmm. Um, is the exact same dimensions you need to put in a 60 series Land Cruiser. Nice. So my because they Tuffy I think makes one. It's really really expensive for the 60 series Land Cruiser. A few other products are. Pricey. And so I think I bought a Rugged Ridge, which is a little cheaper. Yeah. And this thing slid perfectly into the space between the seats in my Land Cruiser. Huh. And all I had to do was drill like two or four holes through the floor and put these big bolts through the floor. Nice. And it's got a locking thing. I mean, you could put. You know, all your important things in there. Like, I know some people maybe carry a handgun or whatever, mm-hmm. but, you know, me, I could put in there, I could put in, like, a nice cheese I bought or <laughs> some candy bars, <laughs> things I don't want people stealing, you know? Tired of people stealing your Mars bars, eh? My Mars bar, my, my <laughs> Skittles, you know? <laughs> I don't want... That's the worst. You know, my Reese's Pieces, you know? Yeah. I could put them in there. And <laughs> actually, you know what I carry in there, like, 99% of the time is an air gauge and a roll of toilet paper. But, you know... <laughs> You gotta have the essentials. You never know. <laughs> I think. Pardon me. I think I have my winch controller and a set of gloves in there, and that's about it. But nice. Um, yeah. So, they, so you mentioned quick, quick note. You know, firearm. Sure. So you're talking about you know proper vehicle storage. That you know any depending what you're carrying, firearm in particular, you want to make sure that it's something that is solidly secure, something that's mounted. Not necessarily to the frame, but through the floor, something to make sure it's difficult for any potential, you know, thief to take. You know, and yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned that because my Ford Excursion, the Project Ford Excursion, you mm-hmm. asked me today when we were down in in one of the more interesting areas of Detroit. Yes, yes. And you said, "Hey, does your glove box lock?" And we, and I'm like, mm, "I don't know." And we looked <laughs> over; there's not even a lock on no. it. So. Uh, now, the vehicle locks, of course, yeah. but there really is not a good place oh, to no, store something like that. You know, you, you look at the, the TJ Wranglers. So my particular one had the, the sound system subwoofer in the center console. Mm-hmm. It locks. Okay. If you push it back a little bit, it pops open, even if it's, it's locked. It's no good. You, need, no, you do need a steel, secure. like, underseat or lock, console. Yeah, steel lockbox. There's a lot of companies, again, using firearms as an example not necessarily if you have a firearm you're carrying, but, you know, a Rolex or yeah. something. Or, you know, you're, you're transporting maybe copious amounts of gold bullion somewhere. Yeah, there you, go. you want an actual safe. Now, something I figured out before, which is not only um, fairly securable, but not, but it's also waterproof, hmm. um, Suzuki Samurai. And I, I want to say it's a 50 caliber can, mm-hmm. but the old military ammo can. Yeah. The, they're tall and narrow. There's a size of them. Probably the 30 cal. It could be. I don't know. Yeah. There's a size of them that works perfectly for a console in a Suzuki Samurai. Huh. 
And I've had a number nice. of samurais. I've done two of them now where I've hmm. put that military ammo can in there. Now, they're not locking, but they're... You they're can s- actually get locks for them. That, yeah, see, yeah. Uh, you can get locks for them, or yep. I think one of them I put a barn door latch on with a paddle. <laughs> nice. You know, it's just a cheap... I'm saying yeah. if you're really on a budget, oh yeah, it's not a bad way to do it. Put down your local military surplus, visit your hardware store, you there. know, some grade 8 nuts, bolts, washers, padlock, you- you're, you're done. Now, for the back of the vehicle, like especially an open-top vehicle or a Jeep or mm-hmm. an SUV, you can get those locking um, drawer systems yep. that'll slide out. So, and the, again, to use Wrangler as an example, sure. the, the TJs, I don't know. I'm not familiar if other models have them. So there is, it, it bolts from the inside out, and it does give you a lockable storage compartment between the tailgate and the back seat. Sure. Now, it's, I have one. I, I actually removed mine because I, I had a bit of a water issue. Problem story for another day. All right. But it, you know, and again, though, it's just plastic. You know, somebody really wants it, they're going to get there. So to look into something proper, like a lockable drawer, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's your far better option. It's going to, it's a deterrent. Now, something I learned about the lockable drawer systems, and they are getting a lot better. When they first started to get fairly popular, um, I bought, and I don't remember the brand, they might not even be a business anymore. But I bought two lockable drawer systems, and it was re- it was a weird deal because I was looking at a specific brand for sale that I really really liked, and um, I I was reading the specs on it, and this was in my GMC S15 Jimmy, and this was a tall narrow drawer system that would go up against the the inner fender well mm-hmm. on the inside. So I wanted to be able to put that in there so I could still use the middle for space and yeah. have like the full headroom. Um, so I was looking for one, and I had found it, and I really liked it. And there was a guy I had messaged that had a one for like thirty percent of what the MSRP was for sale used. Nice. And I said, you know, and it was it was back then, it probably was like through a forum. I don't think it was through mm-hmm. Facebook or anything. I, in fact, I know it wasn't through Facebook. I wasn't even on there back then. But I found it, and we were talking back and forth, and the guy was hemming and hawing, and it was a, it was a weird, one of those weird kind of like Craigslist meetup type things. And it was Had just, those. Yeah, I know you have. <laughs> Maybe after show or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he was... Uh, you know, in heaven and hell, and finally, I just said, I need this thing for this trip I'm going to. So I went and bought a brand new one because he because he he never came through. Yeah. And so I bought a brand new one, and I bought the one that was just black steel on the mm-hmm. outside, and his was the polished diamond plate or the polished oh. aluminum diamond plate cover. Yeah. Well, literally, I think mine was in the mail. It was it was on its way to me. I'd already paid for it, and mm-hmm. he contacted me. He's like, "Well, if you'll pay this much today, blah blah blah, <laughs> and you can meet me here, I'll take it." So I said, "Screw it," and I bought it. Mm-hmm. So now I had two of them, and they were right next to each other. One was diamond plate, one was black, um, but they were the same internally. Something I learned though was that the Two things: the the slider drawer system had no sort of rubber snubbers or anything in it, so Ooh, they were so loud. loud. Yeah. yeah, going down the road, I would hear. Dink, 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 dink. Oh, it's annoying. And the drawers I broken springs on my Jeep that make all that noise. Nice under, under uh, the seats. Yeah, the drawers annoying. didn't go all the way to the back of the cases. There was like huh. a two inch gap. Mm-hmm. Things would jump off the back of the drawers. Oh, that's irritating. And they weren't tall enough that they weren't about. Oh. So what would happen is things would get jammed in there. I ended up pulling both of them out of the Jimmy within three months and hmm. selling both of them because I was like, these are garbage. Yeah. So if you're looking at something, look at the quality of the drawers and then think, 
how easily can say a hammer or something yeah. get stuck in the back of this? It, if it, it can, it don't use it. What you're carrying as far as how to properly secure what you're normally going to have there. True, but I don't want to so. have to like bungee cord stuff inside my toolbox. No, 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 absolutely. I want stuff inside my toolbox to sit there yeah. and not have to bounce out. And these were junk. I just, I. Yeah, that's and, disappointing. And I, like I said, I don't remember who the manufacturer was. I think they were a pretty big manufacturer, mm-hmm. but I just, I tossed them. Nothing more disappointing than buying something like that and then finding out it's not as advertised. Like your Hello Kitty injectors? Maybe we're in Hello Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, but uh, so yeah, there's those type of security systems, and then um, and there's really you couldn't you know I don't think in one episode you could even cover all the options for oh, a no. pickup truck where you could put like oh, a cap it. on with the locking <laughs> you know you got that you've got the lockable toolboxes exactly. you got metal you got plastic you got the big drawer system small drawer systems let's touch briefly on truck toolboxes though mm. um, I have had plastic truck toolboxes. I have had aluminum ones. I've had steel ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I learned a long time ago about the plastic ones is with time, they tend to warp with heat and age. And get and, brittle. And you can pop them open really easily. Yep. I would never recommend it to put valuable tools in a plastic no. truck toolbox. If you're going to have a quality truck toolbox, go with aluminum, go with yeah. steel. Uh, you're going to be a lot happier having yeah. that in your, in your box. But... Something I learned, and this is something I learned a long time ago from a guy on a job site. A lot of those truck toolboxes come with a bolting system that um, basically goes from the inside of the toolbox, then it goes to like what you would essentially call a J hook mm-hmm. that goes under the bed rail and it secures it there. And that scene, and then you got this great locking box that nobody can get into easily. The problem is. Most thieves of tools and toolboxes know that if you take a long rod like a crowbar mm-hmm. and you pop it between the box and the bed rail, yeah. the J-hooks pop out really easily, and you can take that entire toolbox. So if you got another pickup hmm. truck sitting there, in less than 10 seconds, you can pop the J-hooks on Jeez. the one side. You can throw this thing in the back of your pickup truck. Hmm. So if you're going to put a truck toolbox in the back of your truck, always consider drilling through the top of your bed rails yeah. and nut and bolting it. And properly sealing, of course. You don't want to rust out the bed. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah. Proper sealing it. Yes, you're going to have a couple holes in your bed rail, but those but ones you're that... you're going to cl- be much more secure in what you're storing. Yeah, because it's a crowbar can pop those suckers out so quick. Um, I talked to a guy on a job site years ago that had like something like $5,000 in tools in the back of one of those things, mm-hmm. and the whole toolbox went missing. Oh, Literally, he I think he said he went in somewhere for gas, came out, and his whole oh, toolbox geez. is gone. So That sucks. Yeah, just, you know, that's something to keep in mind. Yeah. Look at how these things mount and how these things secure. You know, the box itself is useless if it's not securely mounted to Absolutely. your vehicle. Absolutely. You're just making it more convenient and easier for them to take everything. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um John, what else do you want to talk about security? There's got to be something we're missing here. Oh, I'm sure there is. You know, if, if folks, <laughs> if, if you say you've got a story about security or you say, hey, this is the way I, I do things, you know, hey, okay, here's a funny yeah, anyone's one. Anyone's got a good idea. Here's a funny one. Now, this is not normally how you would do things, but it works. This is one of those making it work <laughs> things. Years and years and years and years ago, I'm dating myself here, I drove a 1964 Chevrolet panel truck as my daily driver. Nice. Okay. 
it had those old pull handle door handles. Mm-hmm. I only had an ignition key. I was never given the door keys for this <laughs> thing. I never had door keys for it. So yeah. everywhere I went, the doors were always open. The back was always open. But I didn't carry that much valuable stuff. I might have had some camping gear in it, some mm-hmm. some carpentry supplies. Nothing like at any given time, there was probably less than $500 worth of junk in this thing. Mm-hmm. And it looked like something out of a horror movie, so most people weren't going to rob it anyways because yeah. they figured I'd rob them back or whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, we took this thing to go camping up north, and we were going to leave it for almost a week in this like desolate area with this parking space. And I was like, man, I can't do that because somebody could get into it easy. You know, They could mess things up, whatever. I took with me like a 40-foot chain <laughs> ran it around the whole vehicle through every door handle and put a padlock on it. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. I can only imagine what people thought when they went up to look at that <laughs> thing. Like, Because I went right through the front door, back around the back two doors, over to the other door on the passenger side. That's awesome. You know, you know but you do what you got to do. Oh, yeah. You, you use what resources you have available to get the job done. And, you know, if you looked at job sites, a lot of times equipment is as simple as a chain from the steering wheel to the floor oh, or yeah. something solid. Or, you know, hanging those nice torch sets on a, uh, what do they call the thing, a crane? Yeah, they're hanging one in the air. Yeah. <laughs> and a big bobcat welder. But, uh, you know, we don't have a crane to take with us, but nah. even a piece of chain on, like, so oh, if you yeah. had a rock buggy yeah. and you are parking it somewhere temporarily or even on your trailer because, mm-hmm. oh, we're, you know, we're missing that. Let's talk about that briefly. Trailer security. Trailer yeah. security. Ball, they have hitches that slide in, or uh, ball hitches that go I've up seen in that. them. Yeah. And they lock it so somebody can't put it onto another one. I've seen that, yeah. Um, but those can be pryable out, or somebody oh, yeah. can grab something with some chains and move it. Mm-hmm. One of the easiest things to do with a trailer is run a chain between, especially a dual axle trailer, run it between the front and the rear wheels. Huh. Put it through the spokes Makes of the sense. wheels, lock them together, try just, to drag that down the forget. road. <laughs> don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget, it. yeah. Um, so that's another way you can do yeah. it, but... Um, lots of interesting ways to do it. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it, you know, Dad. Sky's the limit. Yeah, Dad's passing kind of made me think about security a little bit. So absolutely is what it is. Um, you know, I see producer Andrew telling us that it's probably time <laughs> to start moving towards our after show, the 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 end of the trail, which you can only access through Patreon. Go to patreon.com, Look up Wheelin'. We're on there. Um, that is the best way to get into the after show. We have a lot of fun there. Um, you know, so I would definitely check that out if you can. John, what else you got? Well, uh, I think I've got just about everything here. Do you? So, um, do you think we're good right here? What the heck? Let's do it. Well, I, I just one thing I want to say from myself personally, my family, producer Andrew, and I'm sure anybody else, you know, our sincerest condolences to you and your family. And, uh, you know, best wishes through this tough time. You know, I, I really appreciate that. Dad's going to be missed a lot. Um, uh, I know by, by many, many people. I know he'd be proud that we're doing this today still and yeah. that we didn't just take a week off or something like that. Um, I am going to say this on the podcast. If you are, if you knew, because I know we have a lot of people that listen to the podcast that mm. knew the family and they knew the businesses. If that's the case, we do have a celebration of life ceremony. I'm not going to give the address over the podcast, yep. but if you you can contact me through Whelan, um, or even Johnny Orange through Whelan, and we can give you the details if it's something that you feel that you would like to go to to say your final goodbyes yep. um, on October 12th, which would have been Dad's 77th birthday. 
if you'd like to do that, um, you do that. I, I would like to also say, um, and this is going to be a little bit of a plug, my father was never a send flowers type of guy. And he was not a funeral type of guy. But he was an animal lover like crazy. He loved cats and dogs, mm-hmm. especially cats. He just loved cats. And we are asking that if you are interested, or even if you're a listener and you just like to send your condolences, instead of you know talking to me, send a small donation to the Cat Depot, C-A-T-D-E-P-O, or I'm sorry, D-E-P-O-T, catdepot.org. And that is in Sarasota, Florida. It was right down the home, right down the road from his vacation home, and he would go over there very frequently to pet the cats and to play with them. Um, it's a great cat rescue down there. That's awesome. And um, that is where we would like you to send your love. Yeah. Um, you know, do it for a good cause. Uh, he loved the cats down there. Send donations to thecatdepot.org. And I think on that note, John, you can do your thing. Well, thanks for listening, and have a good one, everybody.